Hello and welcome. I'm Nicole. And I'm Nick. Welcome to Generic True Crime Podcast. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I can't think of anything more romantic than us recording this podcast together. Yeah, especially about the specific topics. So, um, yeah, this will be fun. Who are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about a dude named Malcolm Webster. Malcolm Webster. Hmm. What did he do? No, I really had no... I have never heard of this guy before researching. Have you heard of him? No, I've never heard of him. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we just kind of, like, looked up cases in Scotland. And this is what we came up with. So... Let me just say, this is this case is a mess. This guy was something else. Yeah, this, he's a piece of work. Yeah. I, I really don't know how to even describe him, but... Not ew. the greatest guy. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, so, he was born in 1959, and... UK. Um, so his dad, Alexander Robertson Webster, he was the head of the fraud squad in the Metropolitan Police, which that's going to be a little bit um, ironic later on when you hear some of this case later on. And his mom, um, his mom is named Odette, which I, when I heard that name, Odette, I'm like, that's a beautiful name. I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks Odette. I, yeah, isn't it? I don't like it. You know? no. I, I love I'm picky name. with names, though. I love, I'm picky, too. I, I, I like older uh, fashion names. It, it's so. all right. Well, anyway, so um, Miss Odette, she was a former nurse. And that's, you know, a little ironic, too, once you hear the story. Interesting. Um, and Webster, um, he also grew up a little bit privileged and shelter, sheltered by his parents. Like, it, I, I couldn't find anything specifically about his family's income, but I'm assuming that they were... I'm assuming they were doing well. I mean, his mom was a nurse and his dad was, like, the... What was he? The... He was the head of the fraud squad. Yes, that's right. Head of the fraud squad. And I also um, read that he held rank as uh, detective chief superintendent as well. Oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, his his parents are doing okay. And so that made uh, Webster grew up privileged and sheltered by his parents. Um, He was prone to pretending faint faint spells. So I don't know. I don't know if he did that for the attention or what. But yeah, yeah, I definitely did read that. He also um, was known to set fires in his youth and even had the nickname Pyro. I think this guy was just striving for attention. Well, it was later, um, he was later diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder by a forensic psychologist, and a police profiler also labeled him as a sociopath. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. So that could explain the, the pretending to faint and starting fires, you know, just wanting all the attention on him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so um, I don't have too, too much about his early childhood. I just know by the age of 15 he had left school. I don't know if he eventually went back to school to get his degree because he does he does have a career. He does yeah. work later on as a nurse. Yeah, and you know, as a nurse, you kind of need some education. So I don't know if he lied about that or maybe he went on to go back to school. Not, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't find, that. find that either. Yeah, I couldn't find out that information. All right, Malcolm Webster. At the age of 30, um, he worked for a children's hospital in Abu Dhabi, um, which is somewhere, I believe, in the Middle East. Um, I believe, I don't know if that's the capital of Saudi Arabia. You know, I, I honestly don't know. Well, it was a Muslim country that he worked in, and he did work for a children's hospital. And within six months of his time there, he was actually forced to resign 
due to investigation into the deaths of three children under his care. Mm. Um, yeah, they were all under the age of six years old and had died of cardiac failure, which is very rare, which is why he was um, under suspicion of doing something to the children under his care. And I guess due to Muslim culture, uh, they forbid postmortem. So they, I guess that's autopsies. Okay. Yeah, they forbid that. And they're in favor of quick burial. So there was insufficient evidence um, for a police investigation. It's also been stated that Webster's supervisor, supervisors later discovered that he had embedded had he he hadn't been injecting himself with insulin and was suspected to have done the same to the children now i i couldn't find what insulin injections do for non-diabetics so i don't know if he like if you get like high off of it or what Mm -hmm. but i read that it's really dangerous actually if you like do it if you give your gels yourself with too much you could actually like fall into a coma and this guy seemed just to love um he loved faking illnesses and loved he just like I don't I don't know if he loved the attention, but he you know he pretended fake uh, faint spells and later on he lied about having cancer. So this guy just seems to love to fuck with um, the he medical lo- he care was, system. Yeah, fucking with people's heads too. Yeah, definitely. Um, going back to how his dad was a um, he was a what was he again? Um, I have that he was the head of the fraud squad. Okay, well. Being high up in ranks, he did have some pool, I guess, and it's been noted or believed that his dad actually used some pool to help him get out of the country um, during that whole investigation. How lucky for him. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk a little bit about his relationships, which is like a big part of this case. So um, Webster loved to pursue relationships with um, wealthier women because he he would use them to support his own income and one of his favorite quotes or one of his favorite sayings was why work hard yourself when someone could be doing it for you which i think that's you know that's a huge sign that you're kind of a piece of crap i mean i personally hate working but i know (laughs) that's part of that's part that's part of my job is this where i find out you're only using me for my wealth (laughs) that's right we both make the same amount of money, so yes, I'm using, I'm using you for your wealth. I don't know if it's been stated before, but we are dating, and I just want to let everyone know that, as you're hearing right now, she might be using me for my wealth. <laughs> if anything happens to me anytime soon, I think we know who to look at. I deny everything. <laughs> um, so, and then, so his first wife, her name is um, Claire Morris. Um, they were married from 1993 to 1994, and Webster had, he had a habit of drugging Morris. I don't know how he could have a habit of drugging somebody, but he had a habit of drugging Morris. And this came to a um, fateful night. Yeah, he actually, um, he drugged her on numerous occasions with Mm -hmm. uh, a drug called temazepam, which is a sedative known to treat insomnia. So I am assuming it helps like, well, it's a sedative, so Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so on, um, on the fateful night of May 27th, 1994, Webster had drugged Morris, and he purposely crashed the car before setting the car on fire with Morris still in the passenger seat. Um, a police officer had arrived on the scene when he saw everything that happened, and he tried he tried talking to Webster to see if anybody was still in the car, and Webster said the car was empty, but he knew that Morris was still inside. Yeah. And then the car exploded with Morris still inside. Yeah, it was, e- it was even said that um, 
just based off of the speed that the car was going, um, that it appeared to have been going slow. There was no skid marks. Yeah, no skid marks. There was no sign of um, of their of him possibly swerving. I guess he had been he quoted to have uh, been swerving to avoid a motorcyclist. Yes, um, and so when this initially happened, the case wasn't, like, nobody raised an eyebrow initially, and this was, like, a little bit after where people were just like, oh, okay, like, there are no, like, people took note, like, okay, there was no skid marks, the car was going pretty slow. Well, I think what did raise suspicion later on was just um, two weeks after his his wife's death, he actually submitted a life insurance claim and later on received about 200,000 in pounds following his wife's death. Yeah, yeah. That would definitely, you know, raise some eyebrows. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So in 1997, just shortly after his wife's death, um, he actually remarried again. He remarried a nurse uh, by the name of Felicity Drum, and and they had gotten married in New Zealand. Now, I couldn't find, um, I couldn't find if they actually had met from working together since she was a nurse yes, and he were, was a nurse as well. Yeah, they were both nurses. I don't I couldn't find out if they um met at work. I think they were working at the same hospital. Okay. Um yeah, so in 1997, he married his second wife, Felicity Drum, in New Zealand. I also love the name Felicity. Felicity is a nice name, I will say that. <laughs> um, together, they had one son. And during this marriage as well, he was also both, he was um, responsible for starting three house fires and even faking a heart attack. Now, from what I read, um, it's suspected that he started these fires to try and convinced his wife to purchase life insurance which that's i think that's a dumb reason like you're gonna start like for me personally i'd be like okay i need a um a property insurance claim yeah property insurance policy not life insurance like i i wouldn't think i need life insurance yeah i that's not something i would think of yeah well this guy just he was crazy. And apparently he tried to set fire to um, Felicity's parents' property or house or something? Yes, he did. He set fire to her parents' home as well. Oh, God. What a piece of crap. Yeah. So it wasn't until 1999 um, when the couple was out for a drive uh, that Webster had actually been behind the wheel and had started uh, merging into two different lanes, claiming that the steering wheel wasn't working and mm-hmm. as he was trying to deliberately crash their car. Um, when his wife went to go grab for the wheel, she stated later on that it had been working just fine. Yeah, she said the, the steering wheel was, there was nothing wrong that she could tell. Yes. Um, so, uh, I couldn't find if this was his exact attempt to kill her or if he had tried another time because I had also read that there was an incident in which Felicity was driving and she had actually fallen asleep behind the wheel mm-hmm. and it was later discovered that she had been um she had been drugged. Yeah, okay. That that is a scary situation. Um I do know that a uh, significant um incident that happened for Felicity and Webster was that um so one day they were heading to the bank to pay off to pay for their home or to could you find exactly what they were like they went to the bank to pay for something so they were this is exactly where that um i think the swerving of the car came and of the steering wheel okay they were actually on their way to purchase a home and i guess um they were supposed to use money from webster that webster had Mm -hmm. and uh he just he kept making excuses about not having that money or he was saying I'll have the money when this happens, and then my money is in this bank, and 
Yeah, so actually when he um, caused that crash, um, I had read later on, or that when he caused the crash, that um, it was actually discovered that he had actually uh, transferred over a large sum of money from their joint account. Yes, yeah, I heard that into too. Into his account, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was essentially stealing from his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so th this is one little fact that I found out really after this incident. So after Felicity came to her senses, you know, or not came to her senses, you know, after Felicity got out of the situation and was fine, she approached Webster about his plans to kill her. And Webster said that she would have died happy. I did read that. That's, yeah. that's chilling. That's creepy. That is, for sure. Okay, and then we have our, um, we have Simone... Ban Banerjee? Banerjee, I believe. Banerjee? Okay, so Webster was still technically legally married to um, Felicity at this time, but he tried to marry Simone, claiming he had leukemia. I don't know if he claimed he had leukemia for, for sympathy points, or... I think he did it as a way of getting sympathy, yeah. Okay, so and that's, that's a very fucked up way to get sympathy, because there are actual people who have leukemia, and even if you don't have leukemia, if you have other cancers and illnesses... That's pretty fucked. I would bash his face in. Um, anywho, um, so he requested that Simone change her will and that um, Webster wanted to be the um, power of attorney on that will. So he actually managed to convince her to leave her entire estate to him. Oh, boy. So later on, Simone found out that her, um, so that her life jacket had been punctured. And she and Webster... Yes, they, this was on their honeymoon. Yes, and they, they, went, they were going boating, and this was something um, that they did frequently. She noticed that everybody's life jacket was fine except for hers. And she feels that her, her time, you know, her, her end time would have been a drowning incident with Webster. I don't know how she discovered her um, punctured life jacket, but that is what she did find. Um, and we, I do have some notes on some other women that he did date. You know, these are not like the huge significant cases, but they're, you know, a little weird. He did date multiple women throughout, um, I believe, his marriage and then shortly after his first wife's death. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. Um, he dated somebody named Geraldine Oakley. Um, so Webster started a relationship with her quickly after Claire died. Um, they had met at the hospital that they worked at. Um, and Geraldine had become a little suspicious of Webster when Webster um, asked her a few times if if they could do two autopsies on, like, if they could do another autopsy, autopsy, I'm sorry, I can't talk, on Claire. And, you know, that, that, you know, that raised an eyebrow for her. And um, she did testify against Webster later on during his trial. But, yeah, she thought that was a little odd. Um, and then we have Brenda Grant. Um, so Bre Brenda, in 1995, um, she had started a friendship over the phone, which I'm like, how do you start a, a friendship over the phone? Like, I know this was, like, before, like, yeah, popular texting. I couldn't, I couldn't find how, like, exactly um, they found yeah. each other's phone numbers Did and started just, this friendship. Yeah, put an ad in the paper. I need a friend. Give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they had started a friendship um, via the phone. And then um, they did finally meet in person, and it had become romantic. Um, but Webster, you know, he just repeatedly offered her drugs. Repeatedly. And, you know, that's, that's you know, it raised some eyebrows. And Brenda is considered, she considers herself lucky to be alive. Yes. So, uh, I believe it wasn't until later on. I believe the second wife, Stanley, had actually 
grown for Professor Graham and had actually gone to the police notifying them of their suspicions of him and his attempts to mm-hmm. murder his wife, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So Webster got away with doing all this for a pretty long time um, because, um, in, you know, things didn't really get going until 2007. So in 2007, Simone, his... Um, his last, well, he wanted her to be his wife, but she didn't get a chance to because he was still legally married. Um, Simone's house was searched by police after the police received a tip that Webster had been embezzling money from an angling club. I couldn't find out specifically what an angling club is, and I don't think you could either, right? No, I wasn't able to find out what that was. Okay. Well, so um, our, our man Webster was embezzling money from this club, and the police had searched Simone's house. And during that time, um, they did find Webster's a stolen laptop and also a um, unregistered gun. And Webster claimed that that gun was unregistered because it was an antique. And I'm pretty sure even if a gun is an antique, depending still on the register, yeah, you still have to register I believe. it. Yeah. I don't know. This guy's trying to make excuses. Um, and so all this kind of made the police kind of look into all his other crimes because you know, like all the other crimes, he was able to get away with them, but there was kind of some issues where like. You know, it, it, it made you take a, a mental note, like, okay. Okay, so it was due to this that the police grew suspicious? I, I, I could have so. sworn his second wife's family had I, also I think gone both. to the police. Yeah, I think both of those is what, like, the police initially took interest. And also, I mean, this guy was in several different countries, so maybe police in one country were noticing one thing, and then... He did like to travel. Yeah, he did travel a lot. Okay, so Webster was charged in 2011 for the murder of Claire Morris, a attempted murder on Felicity Drum, and a attempting to bigamously marry Simone to gain access to her um, estate. This investigation took five years, and it took um, a thousand people being involved. And this is the longest um, investigated case for Scotland, correct? Yes. Interesting. So this is like their their big case. Um. And this was the yeah, longest ever trial in Scotland. He was found guilty by a jury of nine women and six men. Webster was sent to life imprisonment with a minimum minimum of 30 years. Minimum of 30 years. Yeah. So he was born in 1959, so um, he's probably going to be in there for the rest of his life, which... He actually, um, he stated, he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die in prison. Yeah, that's what so he told he the knows. inmates. So, yeah. yeah, good for you, Webster. You're going to die in prison like you deserve. He, this guy just seems like a total narcissistic. <laughs> like most convicted killers, he's not a good guy. Definitely <laughs> not. You know, going back to the, you know, how we discussed um, uh, nature versus nurture, I think for this case it's mostly nature because I, I couldn't find anything bad that would have happened in his life to make him. No, it's not, I mean, I'm pretty sure he had like a good life. Like you yeah. said, a privileged life at that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, for sure. So do you have any closing comments on this case oh god no this this case was a mess malcolm webster was a mess yeah he definitely is yeah how about you yeah that's you know that's all i have you know um uh so for uh, one of my um these people i know we were talking about life insurance policies since you know this group of people and i we all are interested in true crime and we've heard this a case similar cases happen like this where um your partner will want you to get a life insurance policy so they can kill you so they yeah. can get it and so 
these people and I, we were talking about like, okay, is that like, you know, a life insurance policy, that is something that a lot of people do get it, do get for very reasonable things. And that doesn't mean your partner is going to try to kill you. Um, but for us, we were just saying like, like if, if you kept pressuring me about a life insurance policy, I would have some red flags and I'm sure the same would be going for you. Oh, for sure. So are like, you, why are you so interested in that? Yeah. Yeah. And like we're young, we don't have kids. I don't have money. So it's like, why would I need a policy? And yeah. you know how I want to, like, if I do die, like, everything is very cheap. I want everything to be done cheaply, so it's like... I want to be turned into a tree. Yeah, I want to be turned into a tree, too, so... Yeah. Um, and I don't imagine that as costing as much as being buried in a huge coffin. Oh, no, I doubt that. So you feel the same way as us, that it would raise some alarms if I were... Like, if I kept pressuring you? Oh! Get life insurance policy. Get life insurance. Definitely. Yeah. Get a, get a one million policy on yourself, <laughs> Or if you suddenly took out, I found out you took all these claims, or I'm sorry, these life insurance policies out on me. That would be pretty scary. Another red flag, yeah. Pretty scary. Yeah, so that's Malcolm Webster. He was a, he was a scumbag. Definitely a huge scumbag. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, what sources did you use this week? I use um, good old Wikipedia. Same. I also use Wikipedia. Never go wrong there. I also found some articles from BBC America and uh, I forgot what the other one's called. I pill people or something along that. The website that I'm getting wrong right now, but I believe it was called Pill People. Okay, it was an article. Very informative. Oh, great, great. Okay, we'll get the name of that article. Yeah, I'll I'll correct myself next week. Awesome. Hopefully. I hope everyone has a great Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day once again. And I hope everyone gets laid. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.